Joining us now, College Football News Podcast. You see him each and every Saturday morning. He's the man behind everything that's successful with college game day. He's none other than the bear himself, Chris Felica, kind enough to join us. What's up, Chris? Thanks for the time. Hey, man, my, my pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, we're getting down to the uh, final couple of weeks here, and, and as expected uh, tonight uh, when the rankings came out, not, not a ton of surprises, but uh, the, the, the table is certainly set for this weekend and next weekend and the championship Saturday for, for some things to potentially get shaken up. So, so you're in charge of the entire college football playoff world. You get to be the one that's the <laughs> cast the design, deciding vote on everything. At the end, where do you fall? And knowing that we we the criteria is so loose and it's not it's basically based on what they think. Are you more of a four best team guy? Are you a resume guy, a combination guy, or do you just kind of want to say, you know what, you know, screw it, we're putting Alabama in because it's one of the four best teams? Where do you fall on the the whole theoretical debates that are going on uh, right now? I am on the, the team four best teams with a hint of deserving. I, I guess that would be the best way to say. I like I, I I want the best teams in there, but I do realize there's certain certain times where Maybe one of the best teams. It isn't so clear, and you do need to reward uh, a, a team that potentially played a more difficult schedule and had some quality wins. And um, maybe they wouldn't power rate up to uh, be, be be a favorite, or just any metric wouldn't have them ahead uh, of one of those other teams. But but I, I do think you can incorporate that, and it's certainly going to be interesting because uh, I, I think the committee did it did the right thing. Uh, tonight and keeping Alabama number five because there's no reason to really rush into a decision and say okay two is definitely gone now they're clearly not going to be better than uh anyone else let it play out see how they do next week at Jordan Hare see what happens with Oregon and Utah in the Pac-12 but if you need to make that decision uh between who's better Alabama without Tua or or Oregon or or, or Utah then then you can do it then but I I always err on the side of what I would I determine they say they want the four best, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold them to best. But uh, I, I do understand those who definitely want a, uh, a resume-deserving type uh, criteria. They're especially in the four spot. Well, the part that I like of it is that as flawed as the BCS was, as, especially as flawed as the system before that was, you had essentially elimination games throughout. Alabama LSU two weeks ago would have been an elimination game for whoever lost it. Alabama in this case, and now it's not. Not gonna in 2011, do- it wasn't. You're right, but also it took a ridiculous day of Oklahoma State losing on a weird was it Thursday or Friday night at Iowa State Friday that year. State. Yeah, and uh, it was Friday, a yeah, strange happening. I still say it was a field goal. <laughs> and it it's just one of those of I like the elimination part during the season. And why should LSU also then have to potentially beat Alabama a second time like they did? You're, you're right as soon as you throw it back in my face about 2011. But why should they have to then be held? With, okay, Alabama might be the second best team in the nation. You beat them in your in their house already. Now go and do it again on a neutral field to really prove that you deserve it. It's funny because that I think I mean the committee would never say it or or, or admit it, but I think that kind of was the reason why Georgia was left out last year. Uh, like, would you really have wanted to pit uh, number four Georgia again uh, after that great SEC championship? I, I think everybody—I shouldn't say everybody because we, we know people uh, disagree, and, and nobody can agree on everything, especially in college football. But, but I do think most people felt at the end of last year that Georgia probably was 
one of the best four teams in the country, and they certainly had some, some good wins throughout the year. But uh, that that's where kind of like the the resume component in and came in and put uh, a conference champion in there ahead of Georgia. Just uh, would it have been right for for Alabama to have to turn around and, and play Georgia again in the semifinal? I don't think there there, there would have been. So at the end of the day, do we think it's, it would be better if it just, just for the sport in general, if if it came down to a 12-1 Pac-12 champion and it came down to Alabama? Let's not, let's take Oregon out of the mix only because the, the argument's going to be well, Oregon lost to Auburn and let's say Alabama beats Auburn, so let's let's say it's Utah that does it. At the end of the day, would it be like you know what? It's just better to give a pack. They say you won a Power Five conference champion championship, and let's keep with the precedent. Let's say if you go 12 and one or better, you win your Power Five conference championship, you're going to get in over a team that didn't win its division. We're going to go with Utah and say, all right, Alabama, you're on the side. Even though I personally think Alabama is better, wouldn't that make for kind of a better overall vibe in the college football world? <laughs> Yeah, the word better overall vibe, the phrase better overall vibe, I think sums it up kind of nicely because, hey, look, you and I, we all know that there is an Alabama fatigue and people want Alabama to lose and people want Alabama out. Uh, they, they they would be favored over Oregon. They would be favored over Utah. But but I do think subliminally uh, there, there will be a thing, hey, you know what, we left the Pac-12 out uh, last couple of years. It might be a good idea to Maybe if in case of it's close, uh, maybe give them an edge because they are a Power Five conference champ. I actually think the committee would have an easier time putting Utah in ahead of Oregon, ahead of Alabama, uh, just because it gets rid of that that Alabama Auburn Oregon kind of debate. It was interesting tonight to hear. Rob Mullins talked about the Penn State Minnesota scenario and how uh, yeah Minnesota <laughs> head to head doesn't beat, matter yeah yeah Minnesota beat Penn State but you know what the common opponent between Iowa Penn State won at Iowa Minnesota lost like they, they it shows that that's factoring in their mind and maybe that would give um, Alabama an edge because they potentially would go to Jordan here and have that win over over Auburn that that, that Oregon didn't it, 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 it's interesting though I wonder if the committee as well again. They would never admit it, and you're talking about like uh, the, the, the overall vibe and health of the committee, like uh, wanting to put the Pac-12 champion in. I almost wonder if like they, they they're going to go to sleep on the night of December 6th, being like, "Please let Georgia beat LSU. Please let Georgia beat LSU," <laughs> because then it's easy. And then then you yep. got Ohio State, Clemson, and, and they're all in, and there's no decision to be made. So uh, again, they they they'd never come out and say that. But but I wonder if uh, uh, if this push came to shove, that that would make their lives a heck of a lot easier if you knew you were getting both LSU, Georgia, and then Clemson and Ohio State. Hey, okay, so let me ask you this: as a just as the handicapper looking ahead in here, where LSU is obviously the number one right now on resume, you can't. I mean, I, no matter what you think about Ohio State on resume alone, you can't Correct. argue with it. But yep. if you look over the last ten years of the playoff and BCS era, Auburn was the only team to win a national championship without a team ranked with a defense ranked in the top twenty, and Ohio State in fourteen was the only one to have a defense that wasn't ranked, also ranked in the top eight. And and now you've got LSU, whose defense is very, very suspect. Am I crazy to think that we're destined to have a sixth straight college football playoff where the number one seed 
doesn't not only doesn't not doesn't win the college football playoff, uh, but this year probably doesn't get out of the semifinal. I I would think that I'm scared to death if I'm LSU <laughs> if you have to play Alabama again or Utah or Oregon just because that defense all of a sudden has not shown up. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You asked about the handicapper in me, and that like LSU would be an underdog versus Ohio State or Clemson, like like, like the, the, the the folks in Vegas that I've, uh, I've spoken to have said like they would have. Uh, both Ohio State and and obviously still, still Alabama power rated ahead of uh, LSU, even though Alabama did did lose that game at home. But I, I, in looking at the at, at the matchups, like I don't know if I don't know if Oregon or or, uh, or Utah could, could beat them. Uh, would they be able to get enough stops? Hey, look, look, the Utah defensive front is really good, and, and the Oregon defense has done, done wonders this year under Andy Andy Avalos. But uh, I was looking at it. I, <laughs> Uh, could you? I mean, the, the Alabama-Michigan State year, maybe, or maybe the Alabama-Washington year. But uh, in terms of like the difference in matchups, like strength uh, of matchup, like if you had Clemson-Ohio State and like the two-three matchup, and then like LSU-Oregon or LSU-Utah on the one versus four, that would seem like a really significant edge uh, for the number one seed this year. But, uh, but I, I certainly would like uh, either Clemson or Ohio State's chances if they were to play LSU in the game. That's Sure. So looking at this part of it then, like looking for the value in the gambler or the or that side of it, where is their value? Is there a team that's out there right now that is, no one's a long shot at this point, but one that's kind of being seen as, that their chances are better than maybe Vegas or someone's giving them credit for at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you could probably look look at it two ways. I, uh, I think you could look at Utah right now, uh, taking a shot at Utah to make the playoff. Uh, I know last week when I was on with uh, Gil Alexander on Decent, I was I was talking about I wonder what the odds would be if they exist, and, I, and someone had said that Utah was still uh, plus six fifty as of last week to reach the playoff, and I said that in my opinion would be a good price because uh, they were going to be a massive favorite against the, uh, UCLA last week and they blew them out. They're a massive favorite this week in Tucson. Uh, they're going to be a massive favorite next week over Colorado, and I think they'd be favored over Oregon in the actual championship game. And if they were to win and the favorite scenario plays out where LSU were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, I think there would be a good chance uh, that the youth could get that number four spot. And then the other one is I, I haven't done all the math in my head, and I don't know what uh, Georgia's price is to make the playoffs. And, and it might they might just be uh, a better money line play uh, in the SEC championship game. Uh, against LSU, depending on what the, what the price are to make the playoff right now, but but Georgia would be the other one. They're they're, they're kind of forgotten, and, and I it, it, Georgia is like the lightning, even more so than Alabama. They are the lightning rod team for everybody. Everybody just remembers the loss to South Carolina, and there was a terrible, awful, inexcusable loss where Kirby didn't manage the game well, and they turned it over four times. And the best kick, one of the best kickers in college history, missed a kick that he's going to make uh, nine out of ten times, and they outgained him by the two to one margin. And it was the I, only game all year Jake Fromm has thrown an interception in. <laughs> but he threw it, three it, picks it, in that game and none against anybody else. It's ridiculous. And then so there's that, but then people are forgetting. They got three wins, like as good as anybody in the country has. Like LSU's got the three wins over Florida, Bama, and Auburn. Uh, Georgia's got wins over Notre Dame, Florida, and at Auburn. And they got, if you, if you, you know, the FTI, the football power, and it doesn't factor into the committee rankings, but they got six wins versus top 40 teams, which is like no one has more. So Georgia's got a bunch of good wins, and anybody that's really like saying that they shouldn't be number four right now, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. Like their, their resume, 
Uh, goes uh, in terms of who they've beaten. Uh, I think certainly more than outweighs the uh, the, the really awful loss that they have uh, to South Carolina. And, and you know what people forget, and it's the argument against this, is Clemson a couple years ago when Kelly Bryant got hurt on that Thursday night. They have the worst loss by anybody who made a college that was a football four, playoff. That was a four and eight team. That was a four and eight. A four and eight Syracuse team, and Clemson was the number one seed. So to, to go back to the the Georgia part of this, because it's this isn't a type of team that wings the ball all over the yard, isn't some super fun show like Alabama or LSU, and because it wins on tough defense and amazing line play, and they don't have this dynamic offense, are we completely underselling just how good? Georgia is that you know what winning 24 to 10 not bad it's not not sexy but it's effective they, they, too, I, I made the analogy uh, uh, this this past uh, weekend to someone like their 2009 Alabama is with, with like higher profile recruits that's basically what Kirby has built them into that version of Alabama They're just dominant on both both lines of scrimmage great running game and try and score and and that's why I would I give them a chance in a couple of weeks against LSU. I really do. We saw sure. Auburn do a really good job, uh, at least in the first half, first three quarters of that game, uh, down in Baton Rouge, where, where they were really able to kind of slop up the pocket a little bit and get Burrow out and force him to make some throws. They did a good job as anybody uh, that LSU's played this year, and I think the Georgia defense is better. I think they're better in the secondary for sure, and and, and they certainly have a more apt uh, offensive line and a, and a running game in Swift to maybe control a little bit more of that clock and keep LSU off the field. So, uh, Georgia is not in without is not in without a chance uh, a couple weeks in Atlanta. I want to ask you about Kirby. Okay, so with, with – oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, I was just going to ask about Kirby Smart real fast because he is one heck of a recruiter. I mean, you put him up there on a pedestal as, as high as just about anyone else in the game. But, God, it feels like every time I watch a Georgia – not every time. That's a little bit hyperbolic. But a lot of the time that I watch, the South Carolina thing happens. The Notre <laughs> Dame thing happens where they have that game won, and instead of going for it on fourth and six inches, he decides to kick a, was a long field goal. Are you saying Kirby gets a little a little conservative and maybe takes the foot off the gas? Maybe I'm not saying he gets too conservative. If Justin Fields hits the open man, they beat Alabama last year. That was as non-conservative as he He had a guy wide open. He didn't see him, and that was the ultimate unconservative. I'm not saying he gets conservative, but uh, Ronald Reagan looks like a liberal compared to him. <laughs> it's just I, that's the part that, that gets me of he's clearly – a very talented coach. He's the best thing that George has had. I mean, he's even surpassed what Mark Richt was able to do for sustainability there. It's just, I I, I get worried that the Kirby thing's going to happen, like happened in the SEC championship game, like almost happened against Notre Dame, like happened against South Carolina, and that's why I get hesitant on Georgia. You, you, you wonder, though, if psychologically, I'm just thinking about now, that the fact that the road wouldn't go through Alabama, like, like if that would help their psyche in that game. I mean, obviously they beat Auburn uh, in the SEC title game a couple of years ago uh, to avenge that loss. And, and I wonder if knowing that it's Alabama's not in their path, uh, if that would play there. Because it's going to be, it will be a significant home field advantage, I would think, in that building. Uh, in, in a couple of weeks, and knowing that if they get past LSU, uh, there is no Alabama ahead of them. That, that might that might 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 wind up uh, wind up working for them. I, I still don't know if they'd be good enough to uh, 
to beat Clemson and then Ohio State in the uh, – could you imagine that road to winning the national title? You, you, you beat LSU in the SEC championship game. Then you potentially uh, wind up playing uh, Ohio State or, uh, or Clemson in the in the semifinal, and you got to beat the other one in the uh, in the title game. That's uh, that, that's. I'd like to see it. I'd like that'd be fun. So okay, so last year at this time, it was Tua Tagovailoa's Heisman. It was over. It was the Invitational, and then obviously he hurts the ankle, has the bad game, the SEC championship game. Kyler Murray steps it up. Am I create in, ter- in terms of looking ahead, handicapping wise? Even though it's really late in the game, and everyone's always already handed Joe Burrow the Heisman, if he starts to falter at all. Justin Fields has this week's showcase game against Penn State. It's gonna he's gonna have the Michigan game. He's probably gonna have the Big Ten championship game. Jalen Hurts, you just saw him. He is the baddest mother in the country <laughs> when it comes to and he's having better stats and a better season in a lot of ways than Kyler did and Baker did. Am I crazy to think that the Heisman race just isn't over yet? I I, I, can, I see your viewpoint, and I know Stanford Steve actually is on the, uh, the the take a shot at Justin Fields at eight to one uh, express as well. So I mean, you guys both see it. I I think it's I think it's over. I mean, I guess I'm I'm assuming that they they, they beat A and M next week, and even with the loss in the SEC championship game, that uh, he's still been really, really good and dynamic this year. And I think a lot of people might have their minds made up. But, I mean, you can make a case for Justin Fields that if maybe LSU doesn't win the SEC championship and if Ohio State were to blow out Penn State this week, go to Ann Arbor and win the week after that, win the Big Ten title, then that's that's a pretty good three-game stretch right there. The only, the only thing with Jalen, and maybe it won't come into play this year, is that I just don't know if they're going to get close enough uh, to the top four, like both Baker and Kyler Murray had the last couple of years. Uh, I think where they are, uh, they, I, I think they're probably boxed out of the playoff right now based on the uh, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten teams being ahead of them if they are. Uh, but but look, look, he's built up a, a ton of, of goodwill over the last year uh, with how he handled the Tua situation, uh, the transfer, uh, leading the, the Alabama back in that SEC title game last year, just how he's conducted himself, and then to go to Oklahoma and show that he can throw the ball and he's not just a runner and and, and take out the Samuel L. Jackson Wallace of Pulp Fiction last week like he did in Waco. <laughs> and uh, there, there are people that, that will vote for him. So uh, while I, I would think that Joe Burrow ultimately will win, it, it's one of those right now where the price is so ridiculous on the uh, – uh, on the yes, no, that may be the uh, it is worth a shot to take uh, with, with a couple of the other guys. So, what's the one thing that we're missing in the college football playoff thing that that two weeks from now we're going to look back on and say, you know what, we probably should have paid more attention to these games <sighs> in the desert, you know, Arizona State and Arizona. Maybe maybe we should have thought, you know, oh yeah, of course Oklahoma State was going to finish off Oklahoma, or of course Texas A&M was going to, you know, rise up and do something. What's the one thing that two weeks from now we're going to look back on and say, yeah, we should have seen that coming? It, 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 I think it could be Saturday with, with Oregon. Uh, if you go back the last couple of years, uh, last year they went to Tucson and got absolutely ambushed 
uh, but by Arizona, lost as a big favorite uh, two years ago, went to Tempe, were over north of a two-touchdown favorite, lost to the Sun Devils. I, I, they have not played well on the road in the state of Arizona uh, the last couple of times they've gone down there. and uh, It would just be like Arizona State coming off of a really uh, disappointing performance in Corvallis last week. It's favorite, uh, blowing that two-point conversion. Now you come home with a young team that's been up and down all year. They pulled one big upset in East Lansing this year. Uh, they've been really good as an Really good as an underdog. Beat, beat what Washington last year was a big underdog. Like, like they, they have beaten teams that they should have no business beating. And uh, it would not surprise me if uh, if it was Oregon goes down there to Tempe on Saturday night and really is in for a uh, for for, for a, uh, a, a tough one. I, I, I don't know if the uh, the Arizona defense is, is able to stop like us three and just seven or eight other guys that we pick up and just start throwing the ball around right now. So I don't know if if Utah, Utah can go down to Tucson and lose, but, but but the Oregon game I think is definitely something to watch on Saturday. I get flashbacks to 2007 what? when I think Oregon and Arizona because oh. I bet that oh. Oregon team oh. every week, all year, making money left and right. Then the Dennis Dixon thing happens. I talk myself into betting against Oregon in the Sun Bowl that year, and I think I doubled my oh. losses in them versus everything that I won in the seven or eight weeks leading up to it. You, you, you know what's funny when, you, when I think about 2007, like I mean, that was Heisman Trophy, that was national title, that was everything. We were actually in Eugene for the Arizona State game the week before the Arizona game. And I remember standing on the sideline watching that game and, and seeing that and like, you know, it didn't look like it looked like Dixon kind of hurt himself there, and he wasn't right. And it just like it was like this bad feeling. I'm like, he's, and then he comes out in that game with the brace, and they're like, oh no, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And then obviously he wasn't fine, and it just went. But that was that was an Oregon team that was headed to the uh, to the national championship game, and Dennis Dixon was going to win the Heisman Trophy, and that was a that was really it was really hard to see just because you hate you hate. I mean, it's been what. I mean, it took Oregon, what, another uh, three or four years to get back to that level, and then uh, another three or four after that. So they, they don't get shots every year, and for them to have what would have been a really, really good chance, because that was that wild year where all the number one teams wound up losing, and it was, who, who would have they played in the in the title game? Would they played Ohio State? Would like, I mean, that was, uh, they were the best team in, in, in the country, went healthy, and then... Uh, and then when Dixon got hurt, everything went bad. Yeah, so real fast before we let you go, Chris, and appreciate you taking the time. Who's the baddest mf you've ever seen then? Mm, Needs to be Ed, one of your Ed, shows. Ed, 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 Ed Reed is, was, is, was the man. I mean, he, he was – I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a uh, – if you want to say that – because I went to Miami, so obviously I'm going to appear to be homer. But, but, but Ed Reed was, was just a bad man. Uh, if you want me to go with someone other than Miami, Al Wilson. Al Wilson, when when you looked on the field and you saw Al Wilson, he was just like a different level player uh, than everybody. The, the intensity, his ability just to make plays, rush the pay, he he could do it all. And that and, and that ninety eight Tennessee team had some dudes on it, but uh, but 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 twenty seven with the big shoulder pads and the and the neck roll, uh, that that was my guy. Well, Chris, this was great. We definitely appreciate you taking the time. We'll be checking it out on game day, and we'll be checking it out on Twitter as well throughout the week and throughout all the college football season. Definitely. Great great talking. You'll see it again soon. Sounds great to us.